welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Serial Sensei. We are on episode number 32. I am back again after a brief hiatus, kind of, sort of, well, at least I'm talking about fights <laughs> with my co-host, the Antaku. What's going on, man? Hello. We're back. Oh, happy Black History Month, by the way. Man, <laughs> hold up. Now that I think about it, <laughs> you just no, said that. No. We wasn't Father's Day like when was that? Yeah, like two weeks ago. Yeah, so happy belated Father's Day for. I, I think I'm, I might have said that on another podcast. I don't know, but happy belated Father's yeah, Day. Probably. Um, yeah, there's been a lot going on, like these last uh, two weeks that uh, we didn't record at least anything fight related. So. We got, I like we got, how you know sold the fact that I called it Black History Month. We're in June, man. We are. We are. <laughs> we are. Oh, yeah, and it was Juneteenth. Ah, oh, shame on me. Yeah. Juneteenth was what? June... I forgot what the exact... Yep, that's 17th, 18th, 19th, something I think it's the 19th. I want to say 19th. I should probably... Oh, I know. We, we celebrate around here on, like, the second, the second or third Saturday of... um. The June, so y'all have a whole whole firework slash gun situation. Uh, probably. <laughs> uh, it's more of an old people thing, so. Ah, uh, right. yeah, I, I don't know what people do over here, but well, I don't know well, if they're I, old because I can't see them when they do it. But I called it Black History Month because Lamelo Ball was on Monday Night Raw last night. <laughs> and did you did you see what happened? No, I saw I saw a picture of Levar Ball with a shirt off, and I was like, I don't think I want to click on this at all. So I just kept. It was magical. Oh my god! <laughs> did he did he like did he do any moves? Did he get slammed so it, or? It, so so I I didn't watch the whole segment, but they come out. It's him and his two sons. And they're uh, like the dad, uh, Lavar. Yeah. Fuck, I'm always getting the names confused because he would have named them off himself. He fucking just sprints out to the ring with like the biggest, fakest smile on his face. <laughs> he like he tries to roll into the ring and he can't. So it's just like his head in the like his upper body in the ring with his legs out. He puts one of his legs in the air, like he's fucking drunk. That sounds then, uh, Oh my god. Because so, this caused so much shit. Um, I, they gave all three of the microphones, obviously. And then uh, they were doing a segment with The Miz. And The Miz is currently in a, like a feud with... Um, freaking what's the... Oh uh, god, I feel embarrassed. Dean Ambrose. With Dean Ambrose. So Dean Ambrose music hits. I think it was Dean Ambrose. And the mellow. 
the one in high school who has to be like 16 years old hears this and what do you think he says into his microphone I don't even (laughs) (laughs) he screams get this nigga (laughs) twice into a live hot microphone why why is LaMelo there like just cut dude and just so you know this I don't know how familiar you are with wrestling there have been two times in the WWE's history before last night where the n-word was used I know what I know what happened in oh no that wasn't WWE with Booker T yeah I remember that one yes and then the other one happened with Vince McMahon calling John Cena a nigga. What? While Booker T was standing right there. And Uh. Booker T was on commentary last night when this happened. Oh, man. (laughs) Now now I gotta look this up. Yeah, see, nobody told me, like, all this happened. Hold up, I, 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 have to, I have to send this to you because it's the most amazing thing. Uh, wait, here we are. I know LeVar is just making the best out of all of this. Just, okay, alright, alright. We're, we're watching this in real time. Oh my god, he's 15. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, I gotta bring this back one more time. (laughs) Oh man. Hey. It's, it's... So, so according to Dave Meltzer, Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn were very, very upset. They were very, like livid. Hey man, I, I I get the the sense that I'm pretty sure Lamelo and Lavar and company don't really care. <laughs> I, I would not either. Like you got your 15 minutes of fame. I'm. I'm... I'm pretty sure knowing LeVar, he 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 had to have got some kind of paycheck from this. Uh, he doesn't strike me as somebody who does these these gigs for free. And he probably got LaMelo and the other, I don't even remember the other kid's name. He probably got them in on it too. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I I've only seen like the clip I showed you. But there's a clip of Dean Ambrose reacting. Oh no. And, uh, just look at it. Like he realizes what's been said. <laughs> All the glitter drains from his face. It's like that's not on the script. Oh man. You know what? This probably won't be the last incident. Like we're gonna have to deal with Lavar Ball. Not even just Lavar. Like it's a guarantee. Guaranteed coverage. Yeah, like the Ball family, like this is gonna be a thing for like the next as long as 
Lonzo is in the NBA, like, <laughs> we're going to have to deal with this. Like, this is going to be... This is going to be a thing that just happens that we're just going to have to accept and just just be okay with it. Oh, man. Yeah, I got to put this in the show notes so you guys can... Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this goes in the show notes so you guys can just watch just foolery. Just... Oh, my God. What was LeVar doing in the beginning of that clip where, like, he's doing this, like, weird upper body... Mo- what was that? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, man. That that was... Ugh. Oh, wait, it was the WCW. Never mind. I, I thought it was in the WWE for some reason. The, the first time where Booker T said he was going to get Hulk Hogan. Yeah. I don't know. I got to compare those two. What? What? See, at least with the Booker T one, like, he kind of caught himself, like... And the only people who are going to be upset are, like, freaking, like, white moms. Yeah. Who are bad enough to let their freaking kids watch WCW in the mid-90s. Like, <laughs> and, and if you're willing, your, your kids were heard probably worse from yeah. you. Right, right. Like, the second time, Booker T was just, like, I think Booker T was caught off guard. Man, see at least Good. Booker T like he caught himself. I'm gonna say halfway. I think he got more than half the word out. But like you, you can he tell that whole word right. <laughs> but like he like the he didn't he left his mouth. He was like I fucked up. Yeah, see, that. and that's the thing. Like you can tell that he he knew right after he said it that like oh I got too hype, and then he just kind of like ah oh. now Lamelo didn't Lamelo didn't care. Like this was straight like basketball court talk like <laughs> this, this was a world star moment just like audio commentary oh man man like like the worst for me was when vince said it i have to look that one to up I, that one for some and, reason and like, he I don't. made booker t he made booker t be in the segment with him <laughs> <laughs> that one I don't remember. I'm a, I'm gonna have to look that one up. That is, hey man, this is a, uh... yeah. Before y'all even listen to the rest of the podcast, I'm gonna post this show note and just watch this first, just so you can. And I, I gotta put this gift too. Like I gotta put the gift. <laughs> Literally the the day after the weekend for the BET Awards, man. It, 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 this gonna be. I could be prouder to be black right now. God. I can't lie to you. Overall, <laughs> ball man, endless entertainment for the next probably like decade or so. Just unless 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 his son turns out to be a flop. You know, I feel like even if Lonzo flops, he'll find a way to pull off these shenanigans every so often probably just won't be on WWE because I'm pretty sure this is the first and last invite <laughs> that he's probably going to get Dude, are you kidding me? are you well, kidding me? If, if this pops a rating they're going to invite him back well I think he, he, he can come back I don't know about LaMelo I don't, I don't you know what, what, what dumbass gives a 15 year old a hot microphone right Like, and thinks on. he's not going to just uh, uh, well, not even that. It's just like you're—he's fifteen. He can't. He doesn't process the things he says. Like, he does not give a fuck. Right. 
Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. I can only imagine now that his brother's in like the NBA and like his dad's saying, telling all these people, oh, I'm going to sit my two kids to the Lakers, my other two kids to the Lakers. Like, he doesn't care. Nah. What a... <laughs> I don't even... I almost want to watch this one more time. But <laughs> but for the sake of time, I'm going to leave this alone. I might revisit uh, it at the end of the episode. I should use this as... See, that's my gimmick, at. I, that's my gimmick, man. I got I got to derail the episode every single time. <laughs> right when we open, <laughs> I'm, I should use this as the intro. <laughs> um, yes, I might find this clip and just chop it up. This might be the intro. Oh man, this is a new talk podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, don't don't let the WWE know. I don't want no copyright notices, but I might I might try to throw this in there. Um, I would love to see them claim this. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but uh, yeah, I don't even know how to follow that up. <laughs> but, we gotta follow up with the news, bro. Yeah. So before we get sad, into sad. all of these fights and shenanigans that happened this weekend, yeah, we got a lot of a lot of bullet points uh to hit. Uh, what what should we well, we want you want to start off with. Let's start off with the sad news. All right. Um, um, for, yeah, for those who do not know, um, oh God, I want to get the date right. On June sixteenth, I believe it was, former UFC fighter Tim Haig was involved in a boxing match in um, Edmonton, Canada. Uh, let me just double check and make sure I got the date right, because. Yeah, it was June 16th. He fought Adam Braidwood. Braidwood. Um, Hay got knocked out, and when he went down, his head proceeded to bounce off the canvas and just like snap. And the, uh, they after the after the fight, he was complaining that there was something wrong with him. They took him to the hospital. They had to put him in medically induced coma, and he was later pronounced brain dead. Like, I want to say a day later and taking off life support like the day after, something like that. Um, every once in a while, like, we, we sit up here, we joke about all this stuff, and we, like, we have fun watching it and when it comes to combat sports, but every once in a while, there's just that moment, that sombering moment where you realize there's a lot on the line here. Um, and it just is imagine like the reality of what the sport really is or these sports really are like how much danger is involved in them because this isn't the first time tim hague's been knocked out like he's been knocked out like eight times alone in mma i'm sure about um his boxing record but yeah it, it's tragic yeah um... and our thoughts with his family yeah, I, I watched the, um, I'd heard about it first while I was at work, and then, like, I didn't want to watch the fight, but curiosity yeah. just, unfortunately, it gets the best of you, like, you kind of just want to see for yourself, and I watched it, I think, like, the day after they announced that he passed, and it was just, oh, man, like, I almost want to say, like, I, I feel like this could have been prevented, 
Like, it's kind of hard, man. Like, in this sport, like you said, it's it's entertainment, but at the end of the day, it's literally two people fighting, you know? Yeah. So these, these things, it's, it's, it's a risk. It's as much as, you know, you, you do what you can with rules and regulations to protect fighters, so on and so forth, but sometimes these moments just... You know, I mean, luckily, I feel like they're few, far in between. I, I can't remember like the last time I've heard of somebody dying in a fight. But uh, it happens like five. I want to say like seven to eight times a year. Ooh. It, it just tends to happen on like the amateurs or something yeah. like that. This the thing about this one I think that just bothered me the most was like before the the final knockdown that kind of just sealed the fight. Like Haig got. He got he he got knocked down like four, five times at least. Like he 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 took a couple of, like there were so many times in that fight where uh, to me like it just should have been stopped. Like after about the third knockdown, like I I just couldn't understand why they keep letting him fight. Like I I I didn't yeah. I couldn't get it. Like I don't. Corner man should have threw in a towel, or at least the ref needs to save you from yourself. Because it just felt like at that point, like there was there was kind of just no reason to continue. But you know, and, they... and boxing, I think boxing gets this right more than MMA does in terms of like, okay, this person's off. Not only is this person um, not offering anything back, but they're just getting severely beaten. And at what point it, does it just stop mattering? Right, like the the like the fact that oh he could land that one punch and it turns the whole thing like that doesn't matter anymore. This person's safety is more important, more prescient, and um I I think boxing gets that right more of the time than um MMA. We have people who are defenders of the fact that uh, Mark Hunt got his face pounded in for like four rounds against um. Stipe Majocic, and that round, should, that fight should have been stopped like ten minutes early. Right. Than, earlier than it should have. Like, but uh, I, I, well, I don't know. At one point, this stuff is preventable. Other than like probably Tim Haig probably not getting licensed to box. Yeah, or considering the, I, I the knockouts before, yeah. Well, the knockouts before, and like I don't know if um what how deep they got into it with like his medicals and stuff like that. Like, I'm not trying to like shift the blame or like say oh somebody didn't do their job because obviously I don't know. But um, like you you pray and hope these things don't happen, and, and it like it just makes you think when they do like what could have been done to stop this. Right. And hopefully there are smart people than I working on that. Yeah, I, I would hope. And like I said, I don't really know what I guess you, you would do, but hopefully if any good thing would come of this is that, I don't know, maybe they'll look more carefully into things like that, you know. Especially like you come from MMA, you're going into another sport. Like maybe they look deeper uh, into medicals and they, you know... I don't know. I I, I kind of don't really know what the solution is, or if there really is any. I mean, just I mean, you say that, but like, what's our next bit of news? You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So, but before we before we hop to that, I just want to throw this out there. Um, uh, let me just find the name real quick. Find the name. Find the name. Find the name. What's the name of the person? Ian. Ian. Okay. Ian Haig. Um, the Tim Haig's family set up a GoFundMe for his memorial. Um, I, I I don't know what the price are. They probably have to get his body back from Canada, and all the other expenses. Plus, you know, this dude was fighting for a living, so I'm assuming he wasn't making a lot of money. His family could use the support, is what I'm saying. So go to GoFundMe.com backslash Tim. Um, is that dash? I guess dash. Hague Dash Memorial, and if you have any money to donate, just it'd be a good way to honor Tim Hague's memory. Yeah, I think Mitrione uh, shouted that out too on the Bellator fight. So yeah, uh, yeah, send me that link so I can um, I'll definitely put that in the show notes uh, for anybody who who wants to donate. Uh, yeah, like I said, you know, we we love the fights, we love to watch the fights, but unfortunately, things like this just they unfortunately just they happen sometimes, and this one happened to be, I don't know, like, uh, it, it, it kind of hurts to hear that because it, it just makes it sound like an inevitability we all accept, right? You know, but they, they it does. Like this stuff happens in in the course of uh, fighting, yeah. and we hope there's just safer ways to go about making sure this doesn't happen. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll maybe see some kind of more. Uh, I don't know if if there is any pre- preventative action. Maybe maybe something good will come of this. Maybe they'll they'll look into things like that more beforehand. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, hopefully some some good comes out of it but that, at bare minimum at least if anyone if if you can donate definitely would be a good look definitely would be uh much appreciated and definitely rest in peace uh to tim Hague. and i guess uh rolling on to uh more i guess kind of bad news on another slightly somber note uh I don't remember the date either of the Matt Hughes. Um, oh, right, right. I think it was the same day. Yeah, so, yeah, it, it was at least, like, yeah, around the same day or the next day. Um, I think Matt Hughes was driving his truck and ended up being hit by an oncoming train. Um, latest articles and things that I've seen is that his conditioning is in, improving, but... You know, he's still, I believe, he's in a coma, right? Yes, he is. Um, let me see. Uh, it says minimally responsive. He has no broken bones or internal injuries. And he's stable, which is good. Yeah. I, uh, I, um, I, I'm assuming. I'm not medical expert by any stretch of the imagination. Um. His family thinks his, his condition is improving, so that that's good. So, yeah, we'll keep tabs on that. I uh, feel like every you know, every so often they'll put something out about his condition. So, it, at least it seems for the moment that you know he's obviously not in great condition, but being stable, I, I, stable. I guess that's that's something. That's that's something. So, 
uh, definitely well wishes to him. Um, hopefully he he gets better. Hopefully we can, you know, see him again. That that would suck to that would suck to lose two fighters in such a a short span. That, that would definitely definitely suck. So best best wishes to Matt Hughes and his family. Uh, and we will definitely monitor that situation and uh, hopefully he he gets better. Yeah. So. After the two two somber notes, onto some you know a little more lighthearted, better news, some good news. Uh, Chris Cyborg will be fighting again in the UFC uh, against one Megan in Anderson. Her natural weight division. <laughs> right. Natural weight division. <laughs> in her natural weight division uh, against uh, Megan Anderson, uh, Invictus 145 champ. Um, I'm I'm pretty excited for this. I, I'm I'm glad Megan will at least get some kind of press, some some kind of you know good look. I'm I'm not sure how she'll do I, in I'd the say fight. Like, but... Just by virtue of being like the number two featherweight, she's done pretty good. Just consistently calling out Cyborg. Um, it should it should be noted this is going to be for the UFC featherweight title. They stripped during during the round of the title. Yeah. And they didn't bother to tell her. That's the funny part. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so the Durandami, what is it? She refused to fight Cyborg. Excuse me, because of um, because she's a a cheat. And to slightly to Durandami's credit, Cyborg has she was busted before, right? I'm pretty sure. Back way back when though. Yes. Yeah. So that was um, that was in Strike Force, wasn't it? Yes, Strike Force. All right, so she got caught with. Uh, uh, she also got caught like last year. Did she? Like, yeah, like she was on. Like, she like, said she had depression and she was on drugs for that to like monitor her hormones or something like that because she was like she had the like severe depression and like her body was going whacked out on her because she had to make one forty pounds and like they gave her an exemption, I think. Which is the only reason she's out allowed to fight now. It was, I think it was the Lena Landsberg fight. That was the one where she tested, or she was flagged by USADA. But she didn't get penalized for that one, did she? No. She went okay. to court. I think she went and fought it and, like, you got over. I don't know if it got overturned or they gave her exemption or something like that, but. Okay. Something like that. Yeah, I was say the Strike Force one, I know that one she got penalized for. Yeah, oh, yeah, she was gone for like a year. So I guess you could. Technically, I guess say she's been clean since Strike Force, being that the the one from last year didn't stick. So, but um, I mean, e- either way, <laughs> Durandami refused to to fight Cyborg, and in turn, the UFC said, "Hey, uh, you're gonna have to give us that belt back." So, well, um, not even that, they didn't even bother telling her. <laughs> they just they just like they just they announced just... the fight. <laughs> <laughs> That's gotta suck. At the same time, Deronomy said, I'm going to go back down. Deronomy's team said that she was going back down to 135. I'm not sure if that was until they found a challenger for her at 145 or she just wanted to go back to 135 to to try to get revenge on Amanda Nunes or whatever. But I mean... She wasn't sticking into the division and she wasn't a cyborg who was, like, the number one contender, so... Yeah, I was going to say, I don't get how you go to 145 and not think that you're going to fight. Like, you have to cross paths with Chris Cyborg. Like... <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, either way, she's, she's uh, 
that belt's gone. They came thief in the night, just took it while she was asleep. I mean, she didn't really deserve it in the first place, if we're being honest. Uh, yeah. But still. But yeah. just, either way, it's gone. Every day, they, every day you get you see a champion get stripped of the title. <laughs> but if if anything, man, I'm 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 happy for for Megan though. I'm I think this will be, yeah. I think this will be a good look, oh. and I I think she can I think she can make this fight competitive. Like she's a big, it's a big girl, man. Yeah. Um, It'll be competitive I'm, until Cyborg hits her, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not gonna pick her to win, but. I, I think she can at least. I think she can get out of round one. I think she'll get out of round one. Oh, shout out to Corash Shields, who's working with Chris Cyborg. Oh, Two yeah, the spawn video. Medalist. Yeah. Shields is working with um, Cyborg to beat Megan Anderson. And they have a pretty awesome video of them sparring that I yeah. just thought was really, really cool to see. So, yeah, that's uh, definitely shout outs to them. Shout outs to that fight. Um. But those are the only UFC, new new news. UFC 214. Um, just a quick. They made the Floyd Mayweather Conor McGregor fight, y'all. Oh yeah, that so that's the thing now. Yeah, since we haven't talked about fights in so long, so yeah, Mayweather and McGregor that is a thing. Um, we won't get deep into it now because we are gonna do probably pretty much like an entire podcast or at least half of a podcast dedicated to that. So yeah, be be on the lookout. We'll 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 definitely cover that. Actually, but I, I have a lot to say about that one too. So. Oh yeah, well I do too. I... <laughs> both defending, both defending fight and haranguing the fight and like everything in between. So. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll definitely there's gonna be a lot to talk about with that one. So yeah, be yeah. be be on the lookout. Um, so I guess we'll uh we'll get into the uh the main course. We we got a lot to cover. This might be a long podcast. You guys sit tight. Don't move anywhere. A lot of a lot of people got beat up during like these last two weeks, so um, we're gonna start with a fight that I did. We didn't get to cover the card uh, was it like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. UFC Fight Night Singapore, bitch. There we go. Yeah, that one. <laughs> the uh, Batch Kohea and Holly Holm fight we didn't get to cover. Um, we won't go through the whole card, but we will just uh, kind of briefly go over the main event. Um, I can't really say I was. Surprised how this ended. Um, to me, this was pretty much a. This reminded me of kind of like her. Her um. Oh god, what's the fight she's ever had? Yeah, I was gonna say I was trying to think of. Uh, she was an LFA, right? Not LFA. Yep. I keep saying LFA. Yeah. It was just yeah. In, uh, Legacy. Legacy. Yeah. So it kind of reminded yeah of her, her early fights in Legacy, where she kind of you know she plays the outside. She she give you a blitz every now and then. Um. And then she kicks her head off. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And really up until the kick, there wasn't a whole lot going on in that fight. Um, but I definitely will say the kick was beautiful. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was one of the most beautiful question mark kicks ever. Yeah. And before that, it was one of the most dull fights ever. So, like... Right. Yeah. Both it, extremes all in one fight. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, straight up, Holly Holm... I, I mentioned this on like Tumblr before, and someone brought up Hector Lombard, but I'm staking with Holly Holm has the most deceptive highlight reel tape of anybody in combat sports history, <laughs> because it's going to have all these like, head kicks, but it's not going to have like the 20 minutes of just like flailing and like grunting beforehand. Right. 
Like, yeah, she, can you think of somebody else's biggest fight was just so anti-typical of how they normally fight? Like, the the Rousey fight is such an anomaly in Holly Holmes' career. Like, between boxing and MMA. See, I think Ronda helped her out a lot in that fight, though. Oh, like, yeah, 100%, like, just throwing herself into the Holly Holmes yeah. punches and trying to blitz her way into the clinches like that. I guess, I guess really you could say Betch kind of <laughs> not not on the same level, but with the taunting beforehand, she kind of I'm not gonna say she helped, but it 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 made it worse right. <laughs> for for her. It made it, made it worse. It, made it just made it more memorable. Yeah, like she she does the whole you know bring it on, bring it on, bring it on, kind of doing her whole Nate Diaz stick, and then uh, yeah, question mark kick. Uh, comes out of nowhere and she was not ready life happened a little too fast for her to react yeah. and the the follow-up punch just wasn't even needed but yeah yeah so um i don't know where, where don't, holly she wants a title shot her manager and her said we're sitting out because we think we earned a title shot no i, I don't like sir mcmahon's out here going for a fourth win come on like holly home you gotta step up yeah, this. I mean, I get it. You got a highlight KO. That's awesome. But you're one for or one for yeah. ten. You ask for yeah. So that's okay. not not title shot worthy. So, but we'll see. We'll we'll see what what happens with that. And for Betch, uh, you know, they might give it her. They might. Yeah, give I, I wouldn't. Her. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I would not be surprised at all. Um, for Betch, the keep those hands up, buddy. Keep the hands up. <laughs> Like Betch yes. is even a bad fighter. She's probably one of the better strikers at women's bantamweight. Oh. But like, she, I think she, I think she just had a. Moment. She is so unathletic. Not even that. I think she's just like athletically and technically and like, I call her one of the better strikers. Like the better strikers are Valentina Shevchenko, Jerain Deronami, Holly Holm, Amanda Nunes, and Raquel Pennington. You know what I mean? Right. Like. Besides Pennington, all these other women have striking experience, like legit striking experience. And that, and Betch just happens to be like the most technically proficient boxer out, out of everybody else in the division. But she's so athletically challenged that it, it like it just doesn't matter. And it, it did not. Uh, that's a rough way to lose a main event. That's. <laughs> I don't really have much else to say. That that's a rough. I mean. That's a rough look. Edge did what the UFC hoped she hoped that she would do. She got knocked out. And violent. That's what they were hoping just, for. Yeah, they they got it in, in very violent, violent fashion. But yeah, good quick quick shout out to yeah to that fight since we didn't get to cover that card. Uh, now on to the I guess uh the the meat and potatoes of the episode. Um, you want uh, you want to uh, start uh, with? I also want to give. A- Okay. I just want to give a quick shout out to Rafael Dos Anjos, who uh, moved up to 170 and looked really good against Tariq Safadin. Oh, yeah, that was that card. Yeah. Yeah, man. Workhorse at 170, man. This guy. Yeah. Gas tank. Yeah, I thought he would look smaller, too, but he didn't. He looked decent size for Warriors. Yeah, he looked so. good. And he he definitely just, like, he just outworked Safadin. Just completely outworked Safadin. It was, it was good to watch. Yeah. So, shouts to him. So that's all I had to say. Yeah, that that was that was definitely definitely a good fight. Safadine, that, 
No, I'm not. No, no, I'm not gonna get into it. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it alone. I'm leave it alone. Um, should we should we start with Bellator or we keep it UFC? What, what what card should we go with first? Um, just kind of get all the craziness that is the Bellator card. Let's start with Bellator. All right, because this is the most Bellator card. Yeah. <laughs> This... And by that virtue, it makes it the most MMA card in the history of MMA. Man. Just so... like half starts, fights not living up to expectation, um, just weird shit happening. <laughs> it's amazing. It was everything. It literally, this it was, was everything. It was everything you could hope for, unless you were hoping for like an entertaining night of fights. <laughs> I, I I gotta say, so just quick quick story backdrop for this card. So I went to a theater because my local theater uh, was uh, was playing this. So uh, me and my homie, shout out to my friend Jay, uh, we went out, paid our little uh, little fifteen dollars, and we had pretty much an entire theater to ourselves because nobody else around here <laughs> killed. <laughs> Wait, Is there anybody? No, it was me. Like, my friends, and then, like, the only other people who were watching fights was, like, one of the door guys came in because he wanted to watch the Fedor fight, and then, like, there was a security guard who would pop in, like, in and out randomly, like, watching fights, and then he would kind of leave. So, so me, yeah. We had an entire theater to <laughs> ourselves. <laughs> and hopefully, nobody important in Bellator is watching. We streamed the entire thing on Facebook. Like, we put, we put the phone in between two seats and just let the camera point at the screen. And I think, like, at one point, uh, my friend had, like, 700 views, and then his phone died. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and So I cut my phone on, and then I streamed the rest from, like, I think I started streaming at the end of the Fedor fight. So, like, from the Fedor fight to, like, the last three, I think, uh... I streamed. It, it was a good time, man. Like, <laughs> only if two people are, in the. Huh? Like if you are somebody who got roped into like watching this card, like the magic of it will be lost on you, because you'll just see like a bunch of just, uh, just like ludicrous crap, like like the double knockdown of one of the legends of the sport, and, like. <laughs> But if you are like somebody who has sat through Bell like Bellator cars when Josh Near was a headlining act, like this is your or like just an MMA fan in general, I should say, like like how could you not just revel in this? Oh, I'm like, telling you guys, if you ever get a chance to watch MMA card in a the theater, I don't care if it's just you, do it. I was I've never been so entertained in my life. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the greatest theater experiences I've ever had. I was wildly entertained by this card, and I, I shouldn't have been. But it was not good, right? It was just—it was the best worst thing. I mean, isn't that all we really hope for in MMA? Right, <laughs> the best worst thing. It was—it was so much of everything. So I guess it just started from the top. Uh, Chael Sonnen and, and Vanderlei Silva. Um, this was a fight I honestly didn't much care to see, but somehow I still find myself just enjoying just watching two old people, two old angry people who hate each other. Uh, 
just just kind of do their thing. Uh, <laughs> so chill. I feel like to me this was like a typical chill fight to be honest. Just oh yeah, Russian. Except he got hurt more. Yeah, except he did get hurt more. Vandalay rocked him twice. I think twice, something like that. The, he the, dropped the him fir- once and then rocked him another time. Yeah, he he dropped him in the first round, um, but Chael recovered and kind of just did what Chael does, just relentless pressure with the takedowns, top control, you know, ground typical, yeah, ground and pound, typical Chael fight. And then, yeah, the second round was, excuse me, pretty much a bit of the same. He, he stunned him, uh, I think, with a punch. I don't know why Vanderlei, I feel like he should have, because every time he would get taken down, he kept going for the um, he kept going for the guillotine. And I was like, you should just yeah. sprawl, man. Just just sprawl. Cause I feel like Dude, if you Vanderlei's got... guard game when he was at his prime was already outdated. Like, just sit there on your back and like pray for a stand up or go for a guillotine and just like chill out. Like, dude did not roll to his side once and not try to, like, create space and get up. Nope. He was just like, nope. Y- y'all gonna have to get me up. It was, it was guillotine or die. It. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was guillotine or die. And Chael just kind of did what, what Chael does. And, yeah, this, this fight. And then and then Chael wins the fight. And so I was leaving. The, I left the theater because this car didn't end. Probably it was probably like one. I didn't get home till like one in the morning, and then I went to work for overtime the next day, which was really hard to do. But so as I was leaving the theater, I heard Chael just talking Chael talk, and apparently he called out Fedor after the fight, which yep. I, I I I don't want to see that. But if that shows up in theater, y'all, I might be back again with my fifteen dollars to watch another. <laughs> Like it's weird. This card somehow, like I don't know what Bellator did to me, but I like I became more of a fan because normally I would hate this kind of. <laughs> normally I would hate this kind, and not 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 to to diss the whole card because there were definitely like some legit fights on this card that I was really looking forward to, but like you know y- your fights, two good fights on this card. Yeah, and the, the, those two okay. I were really, I was really looking forward to the, those two. But yeah, the the sun and like normally fights like this, I just I just don't care at all for. But it was something about watching this in the theater that just made it. I don't know. It was some kind of magic. <laughs> that just I couldn't get enough of it. Like I had a blast watching this card for some reason. I, I don't know what Bellator sure. did. Bellator 180 was Bellator exposing the business. Like, just the sham that is MMA as a sport. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's not a real sport. Oh, boy. That's what Bellator 180 taught me. And, oh, man. It got got so much weirder. Oh, my God. The aftermath, like you forgot, you you missed the part where he talked about how he tapped out Tito Ortiz and got MSG to chant "fuck Tito" at the top of their lungs. Wow, yeah, that, I, <laughs> I was I was long gone out of the theater by the time that. Happened. He's like, I tapped Tito Ortiz, and the whole fucking place just erupts with "fuck Tito" chants. Man, just. 
This was Bellator at his best and worst. Just, uh, I, mean, I don't even. It's the same exact thing, and we love it. It, it is. It is. They they suckered me in. You know what was? You know what? You know what's worse? You know who would have been this card if he hadn't died? Who? Kimbo would have been on this card if he hadn't died. Oh man. Oh man. You missed out on some real magic. We did, but I still got something, man. The, the, and and the, the card just got weirder. Like, oh my god, this was the most normal fight besides the Larkin Lima fight. Right, this was the most normal fight on the card. <laughs> so, uh, moving on downward, the entire card was just bizarre. Skipping like down, skip and the... yeah, we're gonna skip Gracie uh, and uh. I mean, this is beforehand, but you want to talk about old people fighting. I know neither one of them are really old, but a Gracie and a Couture won on this car tonight, y'all. At the same time, on We're the same about... night. We haven't even... Oh, my God, we haven't even gotten to BJ Penn. <laughs> no. It... Uh, it's like oldies week. Right. Just seniors everywhere. Like, I was thinking during this card... Vitor is always talking about he wants the Legends division. Dude, go to Bellator. That is a Legends division. Like, the entire promotion, this is where the Legends division happens. Quote-unquote. I I don't know how I feel about Chael being a Legend, but but this is where those fights happen. Are you kidding me? Like, Tito versus freaking um, Fedor? Would you not watch that? Or not Tito, Vitor versus uh, Fedor. I'd watch the crap (laughs) out of that. Like Vitor, especially this, the Vitor Be- that fought a Markbart. Right, like Bellator. This this Vitor. This this organization was made for you. This is your time now. This like, made, brother. So much, so much. Chuck, dude, dude, Chuck Liddell wants to fight. <sighs> Chuck Liddell wants to fight again. Matt Tito- Hughes was gonna fight before he hit by the train, like. This this is what money needs to be made, Vitor. It's gonna be so. Oh god. I, I don't. Yeah, it's gonna. It's just gonna get worse from here. <laughs> if this card was, that's just gonna get worse. It's gonna be mad. It's gonna be amazing. Oh yeah, and I'm gonna be back in the theater. I might even go to the front row this time. I you might go like tickets. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm gonna call from work and just be like, I gotta go see. You definitely do. Old man. For Belfort, fight Tank Abbott. <laughs> <laughs> like, Tank by uppercut. Oh man! I know that I know that Tank is to the thing with like a cane and like an oxygen tank, but I need to see it. <laughs> man, this this uh, car. Up to that Coleman event. Yeah, where where things just get stayed. Man. We're... Yeah, I don't even know if it was sad. This is the best possible outcome anybody could have hoped for. Yeah, like, and I was, I was dreading this fight, but like, after it was over, I was like, you know what? This was actually very well worth it. Uh, so Fedor Emelianenko makes his Bellator debut against Matt Mitrione. Um, a fight that was on free TV like five months ago, four months ago, whatever. But they were like, no, we're gonna put it on pay per view. I'm glad they did this. This this fight <laughs> was so just. <laughs> so the fight was basically 
them kind of it feeling each other out. It was 74 seconds long. Yeah. It was 74 so they, seconds long. It was worth every penny. The the first, like, the first, like, 60 seconds was you waiting for the fight to go left. You were just waiting for the moment that somebody was going to die. They were just kind of feeling each other out. Nobody doing too much. Somebody. I think Mitrion, Mitrion threw maybe, like, a leg kick. And I think they had, like, a quick. Huh? You said oh, yeah, somebody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh no. Okay, <laughs> so, after the first like sixty seconds of the the feel out process, they both decided to go for broke. They both went for broke. They both landed at the same time. They both died at the same time. <laughs> but Mitrio no, came. No, no, no. No. <laughs> Fedor died. <laughs> Alright, so you can see like as he's falling backwards, he can see that Fedor's falling too. Because he's staring straight at him. Fedor's already looking <laughs> off at the lights. <laughs> Mitchell's like, oh shit, I already won. Oh man. And then he just rushes <laughs> Fedor and then just proceeds to just beat his face in. And right <laughs> That might have been the single most entertaining fight I've seen in, in the long... Like, that ending was so bizarre that it was just... Uh, this... Like, what's up with Fedor's posts? Like, Fedor since... Like, I get that Fedor fought in Pride, but his, like, and I get that a lot of his fights were like, um... Him versus Zulu or whatever. But, like... His fights are just, like, gigantic jokes now. Like, oh, I'm going to go fight this seven-foot Indian dude who has no ground game. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go fight Satoshi Ishii, Satoshi Ishii, and he has, like, zero aptitude for MMA. Oh, I'm going to go fight... What's his name? Oh, my God. Fabio uh, Brobonaldo. Fabio Baldonado, Fabio Maldonado, and I'm going to go get my ass beat for a round and literally get knocked out like seven different times. But <laughs> since I'm the boss of the referee, he'll let me come back and I'll win the last two rounds. <laughs> oh, and I don't know if they mentioned, because I, I didn't watch any post-fight anything. I don't know if Fedor said this was going to be his last fight, but... uh, No, no, he did not. He did after not. that performance man you gotta uh keep your you legacy gotta, intact nah man you gotta go back to the drawing board nah the the, the drawing board was cracked like the <laughs> mitrion punched a hole <laughs> he, he completely shattered the drawing board he punched a hole in it and i don't I think like, we need I, to put I, it I'd together i'd like to remind people that the ufc tried to get fedor versus brock lesnar made last year that was a thing they tried uh, can you imagine boy, that? That boy, that would have went bad. That that. Oh, they, they were going to sign him until the Maldonado fight. I, I just. God, and then the next fight. This card just doesn't get any more normal. <laughs> like it just keeps being a Bellator card. Where just, just it keeps being peak Bellator card. Like, this is a throwback. 
Um, if anybody remembers, uh, God, what's the homie's name? Diago Santos versus Eric Prindle. This is that. Where they b- both their fights ended in Diago, like one of them kicking the other in the nuts. <laughs> and the, right, Diago Santos whole like freaking t- big toe went into like, um, Brindle's grundle. <laughs> this is what this fight was. That was what this fight was. Oh man! So this next fight, which sucked, Michael man, because I was, I was so looking forward to this fight. This was one of the guaranteed bright spots on the card, by the way. Like, oh, Chael might beat up Juan Vanderlei, and um, Fedor might freaking die again. But at least we'll have Lima Larkin and a Chandler fight. Yeah. Nope. Yep. As 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 the Bellator gods would have it. Uh. <laughs> Because Michael Chandler's career is just fucking bizarre. Yeah. That poor, poor man. So we we get this for and quick mention, man. Brent Primus is built like Captain America. Like, oh yeah, no, he's fucking this huge. dude is shredded and just how he makes one fifty five to me is a mystery. But uh, that that aside, we we get this fight. Um, so. I don't know, and then I probably should have read up on the article. So, uh, well, actually, you know what? Tidbit. Uh, my friend who I went to the movie theaters with. So, uh, remember I mentioned he, he streamed this on Facebook, and obviously he had yep. a lot of people uh, follow and comment, like 700. So, mm-hmm. one, and he's, like, into the MMA community. So, like, he knows a lot of people who train. One of the people he knew, I guess, was friends with Brent on Facebook. So, he sent me a screenshot of him and Brent going back and forth about this fight. Of my friend basically telling him that this win was a fluke. And Brent saying, you know, I I gave him the low kick and that messed his foot up. And that's the reason why his foot slash ankle just kind of kept giving out. No, that's not why. It was, what, what happened was... Um, well, that, that that was that was Brent's argument. I'm just throwing it out. That that was his right. his uh. Brent Brent threw. I can't remember if it was a body kick or a head kick. Chandler. It was a head kick. Back. He th- he threw the head kick. Chandler stepped back, and instead of like stepping on like his heel, he stepped all his weight onto his freaking ankle. And it just. It just collapsed on him. Yeah. And he couldn't stand on it afterwards. Like, I still think it's a legit win for Prem, uh, Primus because, like, you know, you, you made your opponent fuck up their body. Like, it's it's legit in that sense. I don't know if they fought again, I'd say Primus would win. Right. But, um, but like, yeah, no, this was just, like, a fucking, like, disaster. Yeah, it was one of those freak moments that just, like, uh But, man, I, I got to say, I, and I don't want to take away anything from Primus. I mean... It, what happened happened. You can't really, yeah. You know what what happened happened. But Chandler is a an animal. Like if you notice during the fight, like there was a moment where cause his his ankle buckled so many times, and there yeah. was a moment where like his ankle buckled, and he never looked down at his foot. And I think they mentioned this during the commentary too. Like if you look at him, he never looks down at his foot. His eyes are always on Brent. Like, just to show, Dude, like, how bad when... he wanted to win this fight. Like, Dude, after he not like, 
after he his uncle buck uh, his ankle buckled, like he literally hit he literally rocked Brett Primus. Rock Primus, yeah. He almost knocked him out. And then he had that brief moment and he rocked him and then he went for another right hand and he kind of missed and stumbled and then yeah just kind of couldn't recover from there. But yeah, man, Chandler's a dog, man. Like that guy. Also, fuck the guy with the stool. Oh man. I didn't notice that. In, I did, I didn't notice that until after the, somebody posted on Twitter saying they uh they Charlie Brown Mike Chandler and I was like, what are y'all talking? <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, what are y'all talking about? And then I saw the gif and I was like, why would you do that? Like, <laughs> so for people who if you didn't see or didn't notice, so there was a moment. Uh, I think it was like after they had already called the fight off or when they were about to. They were about to, yeah. Yeah, Chandler goes to sit on his stool, and the guy just pulls the stool out from under his, like right from under him. He All right, just... so no, like he's they they take him into the, the ref. Uh, the ref calls in the um, doctor, so they sit him down and everybody comes in. By the way, at that point, the fight should be called because you can't stop somebody on an, like an an injury. Injury, right. Yeah. You have you if their like ankles fucked up and they can't walk and you think they can't continue, you call the fight. You can't call in the doctor and be like is he, can he fight? That only works on eye pokes and um groin kicks. But beside the point. They, they he they call the doctor and so they have him sit on the stool and the doctor's look at his ankle and Chandler gets up and hops around for a second and says like I can still fight. I can still fight. I don't know if it was the cut man or just like some New York Athletic Commission dude, but he literally picks up the chair for no reason. And then Chandler stumbles back to sit down and just like lands on his ass. Yeah. Another Bellator moment just... I mean, encapsulated. And I think that's what got them to call the fight. Because they're like, oh, he collapsed under his own weight. Fight's over. <laughs> it's like no, they <laughs> they literally Charlie Brown me. <laughs> uh, and not not to laugh at Chandler because it 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 really hurt to watch. Like I I wanted to see this fight. I love watching Chandler fight. This dude is I can't crazy talented guy who's had more like like in cage craziness just fuck up his career than Michael Chandler. Like, there was a time he got fucking rocked by, like, Will Brook. And, like, nobody knew what happened, but he just stopped fighting and turned around to walk back to his corner. And then oh, just, yeah, I forgot about that. And then got lit up. There was a time, like, there was a two times, because he arguably should have won the Eddie Alvar- the second Eddie Alvarez fight. And he arguably should have gotten the win over Will Brooks the first time. Like, th- there were... I want to say, like, most people gave him both those fights. Like, this yeah. dude's career is just, like... Crazy. Yeah, like, it, yeah. it's just marked with, like, craziness. Man, I, I guess that's what kind of makes him much TV. You you don't know what's going to yeah. happen. But it it, it, it it really hurt to see the fight kind of end this way, because it... You want to see guys, you want to see somebody win, you know, getting a finish or a decision and not on an injury, but, you know, I, I guess it is what it is. I'm 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 pretty sure they'll do a rematch somewhere down the road, so uh, hopefully that fight doesn't end in, you know, 
in Bellator fashion, <laughs> like like this one did. Um, so yeah, man. I mean, shout outs to Primus. Uh, you know, champ for now. Joins, so joins Eddie Alvarez, Michael Chandler, and Will Brooks. I think as the only lightweight champions. I could be wrong. Actually, I don't. I think so. Yeah. Did he? Because I, oh, no, I think no, no. Alvarez was the first one. Yeah, Alvarez, and then no, Kern was forty-five. So yeah, I think so. so. Yeah, Alvarez, Chandler, Alvarez, Brooks, Brooks, Chandler, Primus. So yeah, he he's on that on that list, and and, and pretty pretty you know pretty decent company. So yeah, yeah. Shout outs to him, and and well wishes to Chandler. Hopefully that injury wasn't anything too serious. Hopefully he can definitely get back in. Would love to see that. Uh, love to see that rematch. Um, going down to another, <laughs> another the uh, uh, in- interesting fight. Another abrupt. Uh, yeah, just abrupt ending. Uh, th- this one was not due to injury. It was just due to um, an uppercut and a choke. <laughs> um, uh, Aaron Pico comes into Bellator with a lot of hype. Uh, surrounding him, uh, I forgot what what are like his wrestling conditions. I can't remember off the top. All right, so um, Pico four went uh, for Gold College to go train directly with the um, the national team when he was 16, 15 years old. But he's a junior Olympic medalist, uh, not a junior Olympic, junior world champion medalist. I think he won silver and bronze. And um, at the team trials last year in twenty fourteen, he beat. I want to say two NCAA champions and an NCAA runner-up before getting um, bounced from the tournament on a tiebreaker from Frank Molinero, I want to say his name is, from Penn State for the final spot in the Olympic team. So he missed the Olympics by like a tiebreaker point. That's a, and he's it was only 19 years old, by the way. Yeah, that's that's insanity. Like yeah, the, <laughs> the guy is an, a, a like a prodigy wrestler. And if he st- if he didn't stick with MMA, he'd probably be winning a medal in 2020. He might still, especially after this. So yeah. So uh, he he fights Zach Freeman, who I I didn't know this beforehand. This kind of just pissed me off. So Be- Bellator does I, I think they do a good job at least as of late of like recruiting talent, signing you know they 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 snatch up these all American wrestlers or people with you know credentials every now and again, people yeah. that are worth keeping an eye on. But they don't always match them up the way they probably should. And I didn't know that Zach Freeman had, what, 10 fights under his belt? Yes. Not only that, Zach Freeman went the distance with Thiago Moises. You remember the helicopter armbar dude from RFA? Yeah. That's the guy. He went to, he went oh, five man. rounds with him in a title fight. Yeah. Like, like he is not a by any stretch of the imagination. Right. Like that's a lot of experience. And when they when they threw when they said his record was like 8 and uh, was he 8 and 2? I can't remember what his 8 and 2. What his, yeah, 8 and 2. And I was just like, "Oh no." Like this yeah. I I get it. Pico is definitely like immensely talented and Apparently Pico, like I, apparently Pico and his team wanted the fight. I mean, Pico does I mean, I, I guess I, I kind of applaud him, like based on the little bit I've seen of him in like interviews. Like he seems like he's game. Like he's he he's about he's ready. Life. Yeah, yeah, he's about that life. But I, he might have been a little in over his head with this. Yeah, I think maybe he was, you know, a little. I don't say I don't say cocky, but you know, 
I don't know. He, I think he thought this was going to be a cakewalk, and it definitely was not. You know um, what? I don't think helped. Um, he has a he has boxing credentials. I want to say he was like a junior gold glove national champion for, in like 2008, 2009. So he thought he was just going to come into the sport, and he's like, I got the boxing, I got the wrestling. There's nobody. There's no way anybody can touch me, and it's not as simple as that. And he definitely uh got touched. He he came out really aggressive, instantly put on pressure. Um instantly ate an uppercut. Yeah, ate an uppercut and then got, uh got guillotines. Yeah. Got got choked out and that was it. Like literally that was Yeah. That was all you know, she wrote. You know I know you know I know when I knew he was gonna lose the fight? Um before like slightly before the card, I checked on ESPN dot com because I saw it on Twitter. Um, he was the lead story on ESPN.com. Not like the ESPN MMA section, like ESPN.com. Like the whole website. He was the lead story that night. That's a lot of pressure. That's, yeah. That's... But I mean, he I... loses. But I'm not going to write him off or say like he's done. I've... I feel like almost it's good that this happened now. Well, I don't say it's good, but... Yeah. Like, dude, there have been other guys who lose their first fight to, like, way less good competition. Right. Yeah. Who were older and didn't have the credentials or athleticism as Pico and who went on to do great things. Like, the only difference is Pico did his on the nationally televised paper. Televised, yeah. With all the media attention in the world behind him. Like. This is why I was – the thing is Bellator knows that this is not the smart way to do this because they've been doing it slowly with um, Tyrell Fortune and Ed Ruth. Like Ruth is a guy who has like a three-time national champion. He still hasn't fought on a main card yet. I think he's like three or four fights into his career already. Right. Because they realize, okay, as soon as this guy starts winning fights on national TV, the fans are going to demand that he fights – Um for the title and like we don't want him fighting for the title this young because like he, like he's young he's gonna like there's a good chance he's just not experienced enough right so Bellator knows this I don't know why they got in their head that like I get that um god what's the dude's name who runs AKA Javier Mendez uh, Javier Mendez Javier yeah. Mendez was like singing his praises and saying like he's the best prospect I've ever seen but like Slow your roll still, like, give him somebody to destroy. Right, yeah, he... give him a step up, like... He should have fought somebody who was, like, one and one. <laughs> or... Or, for, or, like, or somebody with a losing record, at least, like... Yeah, like, yeah. Like, he needed a showcase fight. Like, we saw another fighter make their debut today, like, that night, and, like, they got someone who was, had a losing record who stylistically was a poor matchup for that, like, a, who stylistically was a good matchup for him. Like um, like that's another thing. Like Zach Freeman apparently is like somebody who's competing like jujitsu competitions and has won like titles and stuff. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's the last person you want to give a wrestler. Like, give him somebody who's been boxing since they were like twenty something years old, and that's the only thing they really know how to do. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what they were doing with that, but I, I'm pretty sure they'll bring him back for I, if anything for him. Hope so. They put uh, a lot of money into them. Yeah, I would hope. <laughs> I would hope. If if anything, 
I'm pretty sure that's a a, a pretty humble experience. And I, I think I saw an article that said he, you know, he did realize after the fight, you know, he's definitely got holes in his game. So <laughs> it, it's <laughs> at least a he doesn't even have it, a game yet. That's that's how big a hole right. he has. Yeah. But it, I mean, at, at least you know he, he. It seems like he took the loss well. Like I, I guess at least now he'll probably understand. Hey, I can't just, I can't just come in with my boxing and my wrestling credentials and think I'm just gonna destroy everybody. Like it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. Um, but yeah, man. Shout outs to Freeman for derailing a a hype train and. Hopefully they don't. Hopefully Bellator keeps him. Yeah, like, definitely should they, after they, this. They need every lightweight body they can get. Like yeah. Yeah, you you got to keep him after that. That uppercut was pretty nasty. Yeah, <laughs> the uppercut was nasty. Uh, and I guess moving down to the last fight that we'll go into uh, detail about uh, Douglas Lima and Lorenz Larkin. Um, this was the fight mainly that I was looking forward to on this card. Uh, Larkin, who left the UFC on what a two fight win streak, I think. Two fight win streak had beat um, Masvidal and destroyed Neil Magny. Yep. And Douglas Lima, who recently got his belt back, uh, KO and uh, Korshkov. Um, this fight didn't have the fireworks that I was hoping, but I still um, enjoyed it. I was actually kind of surprised at how much, like, it seemed like Larkin, well, I don't know, like, Lima just, I don't, I don't know what he was doing, what that was working, but Larkin just, I mean, he definitely had moments, but. Like we've seen Larkin just outright destroy people with striking, just yeah. just brutally just demolish people, and he just he couldn't do that with Lima. I think it was a leg kicks. Like Lima, uh, for most of Larkin's um, welterweight career, there was I can't think of too many guys who are like really good leg kickers. Like even uh, he lost to Albert Tumanov, but like Tumanov did it with the boxing. Yeah, and even that was a competitive close fight. So like. Having a guy like Lima, who is not only like a very fundamentally sound striker, but like he throws leg kicks, like it, he's probably the best leg kicker at um, one seventy right now. Um, and like he felt those in the first round. He's like, "What am I gonna do? Because I can't get my boxing off if I can't get my kicks working." You know. He did really good defensively too. Oh yeah, no, like, this... he does a good job of not like keeping himself in distance where he can throw shots and not take too much damage back. And yeah. he, dude, like this is yeah. a really good defensive fight. Like, dude, in terms of like, they both landed at something like sub thirty percentage. I want to say. Yeah. Um, I was I like I was I'm like you I enjoyed the fight. I was expecting a little bit more action, but like. Lima's really good. He doesn't have like a full arsenal of things like a uh, Wonder Boy or um like uh Anderson Silva, but like he is fundamentally sound, quite athletic and hits and hits really hard. Yeah. And it, it like seeing him stick to the game plan in this fight and manage to take like I had him winning like four rounds, I think. I think the only round I gave working was the last one. Um, like seeing him, but seeing him become like an actual top five welterweight was kind of really cool because Larkin, if he was in the UFC, would be a top five welterweight. Uh, right. So Lima officially top five welterweight. And I got one more quick note I'll give about him. He's one of the most dangerous people I've seen in terms of like. <laughs> 
when you back him up against the cage, you're not safe. Yeah. <laughs> like, because he has yeah. a way of countering that just, because he floored uh, Larkin, I think, was that the first of the, no, second round. Yeah, second round. Like, yeah, he, he dropped Larkin in the second, like, in a moment where Larkin was probably sure he was about to have a good advantage, and then he just gets cracked <laughs> with the left hand. And yeah, man, that that was the same way he caught Korshkov, kind of the same way where Korshkov had him against the cage and he's wailing off shots and out of nowhere a hook comes and his lights are just turned out. So yeah, man, really, really good showing from Lima and, and still a, a good showing from Larkin too. Still think there are probably a lot of good fights for him over there and I'm pretty sure those two will probably, they'll probably meet again somewhere down the road. But next, Douglas Lima, Rory McDonald. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> and and Rory said he was not. Uh, he pretty much gave his GSP version of him not being impressed by this fight yeah. at, at all. Which yeah, is hilarious because so. this is probably like the most like a Rory McDonald fight we're ever going to see from somebody that's not Rory McDonald. <laughs> but we'll we'll see. Lehman McDonald should that that should be a pretty pretty good uh pretty good scrap. I guess quickly I'll just breeze through the rest of this just to give shout outs. Uh, Ryan Bader. Beat Phil Davis in a split decision. He is now the Bellator 205 champ, whatever that's worth. Uh, James Gallagher dominated Chenzo Mishida. Uh, got a rear naked choke in the first. And Heather Hardy made her debut against uh, Elise Yager, if I'm saying that right. Yes. Uh, landed a pretty nasty TKO finish in the third round. <laughs> uh, that definitely a fight to check out if you guys want to uh, maybe miss prelims. Uh, and we mentioned Rocket, Ryan Couture winning, and I don't know if I feel like going through the rest of these, but I, I, I haven't even seen any other ones. Um, just yeah. really quick, Ryan Bader versus Phil Davis is still only the second worst um Bellator like heavyweight title fight in the history of the company. If y'all didn't sit through Christian and Pumbu until of a like y'all ain't seen the bad fight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it's like just for reference, like um Tapology is a site where people go and vote for like best fighter, best um like besides making their fight picks obviously, they have best fighter, best fence, the best um like best all time, all that type of stuff. Obviously UFC dominates the landscape there because it's voter is based on people who might only have might only watch the UFC. So for worst fights of all time, I want to say Attila Vey versus um Christian Pubu was number eleven. <laughs> what got number one? You remember? Oh uh, God, I can't remember off the top of my head. But... I know personally, my number one probably would be um hmm probably Frank Mir. And, um, that might actually be it, Frank Mir Krokop. Yeah, Frank Mir Krokop for me probably is number one. I, I remember the day I watched that fight, and I used to hate Frank Mir, like I did at the time. And when Frank Mir got the KO, I was so happy. Like I, I was so happy that fight was over. <laughs> <laughs> like at that point, I didn't care who won. I just I needed that I needed that fight to end. Yeah, but oh, um, man. No, like like uh, the Attila Vey versus um. Christian Pupu lacked all the things that would drive it up the rankings and that type of thing. Like, it didn't have a big name. I don't think they were on Spike at that point. I think they were still on, like, MTV. 
but it was so bad enough people remembered it to put it so high up on that list <laughs> and that's why it's better that's why it's a worse fight than Ryan Bader Phil Davis too uh, also um Heather Hardy better boxer for MMA than um uh Holly Holm so fight me all definitely right <laughs> so that was a uh, how was Bellator 180 and their uh shenanigans um but we're not done yet we're not done yet uh what was the title of this event I'm slipping. UFC Fight Night 112. Uh, Michael Casilla, if I'm even saying that right, Chiesa. probably butchering it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chiesa and uh, Kevin Lee. Um, Chiesa defending uh, his mom's honor in this main event. Did it poorly. He, he, he tried to. Did not. Um, did not go too well. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I kind of. I think I. I think I mentioned this before, probably a while ago, that. I wasn't really like sold on Kevin Lee. Like I, I think he's a good fighter, mm-hmm. but like there's to me like there's nothing I see about his game that like that I'm like wowed by or anything. So I thought Casilla was gonna uh, I don't say like dominate him, but I, I thought Casilla was gonna pull this out. But um, Kevin Lee proved me wrong. He, he, <laughs> I, I guess in a way, um, he kind of dominated this fight though, like. Controversy aside, had him in a, a pretty bad spot, and yeah, guess no, uh, I was gonna go out. Like, there's yeah. no doubt. Um, and yeah, I was yeah, I was just gonna jump to that because I mean, before the choke, it was pretty much. I think Lee had took his back somehow. He kind of beat up on him a little. Oh, bit. Oh right, and then, um, Kiesa dropped Lee or like pushed him to the ground or something. Yeah, and then he tried to grapple with him, and then Lee just took his back because Lee's apparently a, a superior, more athletically and more powerful strike uh, grappler. Apparently, yeah, <laughs> took his back, beat him up a little bit, go for the choke, and I guess we just to jump into the controversy. So I missed this in real time. Uh, streamed the fight online, and my stream happened to go out like right when Lee had like first took his back, and then I missed the whole thing. I had to watch a replay, so. I'm going to go out on a limb. <laughs> Yamasaki caught a lot of flack for this call. I'm going to go out on a limb and defend Yamasaki. Because I think I saw what he saw. So, when Lee first sunk in the choke, obviously Kiesa wasn't out, like, right in the beginning. So, like, you could see him fighting hands, kind of, you know, trying to get himself out. There was a brief moment. There was a span of, like, a second or two. Where, like, Kiesa's moving his hands, and then out of nowhere, he just stops. His hands aren't moving at all. And I think Yamasaki just thought that he went limp. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I can't blame him, because I, I immediately saw it when I watched the replay. So I get why he called it. And, you know, and it was weird, because, like, Kiesa stopped defending, and then as soon as they called it, it was like he popped back up to life. So I don't know if he really went out or if he just, I don't know. But the 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 choke was in really tight. He honestly probably would have went out either way. I, I guess it kind of sucks because you, you want to see it end officially. But I, I kind of get the call. I, I think I saw what Yamasaki saw. I saw what Yamasaki saw, but at the same time, you want to give the guy like a couple seconds. You know what I mean? Like... If he had waited like three more seconds, I don't I don't think there would have been any controversy whatsoever. Yeah. But he didn't and um yeah. 
Like I'm not gonna I, I'm not gonna be as hard as on Yamasaki as other people have. Because like I like I, I'm like you. I see. I saw what he saw almost instantly. Like oh my god, his his arm is going like his arms went limp. Like I I, I was actually surprised when Kiesa um jumped up because like he, he looked like he was staring like he was staring up at the ceiling. His arms like froze up like a T like T Rex arms. Right. Like he he. Like he claims he was trying to dig an elbow down to the mat and try to turn. He was not. He was going out. But um, I, Yamasaki should have given him more time, just to be like a hundred percent. And I think probably another thing that maybe played a part. Um, another fight which I don't know even know if we we'll get a chance to cover it, but uh, the Felice Herrick and Justin Kitch fight, which was a, a pretty good showing by Herrick and Kitch actually. Chick is crazy tough, but. And that fight, it was kind of a similar situation, but Kitch got out where, like, Herrick had a choke that looked like there was no way Justine was going to yeah. get out. And somehow, like, she turned... <laughs> I don't know how she know did how. it. We know yeah. <laughs> but, like, it was... Like... Yeah, it was wild how she got out of that. So, I, I considering people saw that just, like, two fights before, you know, I, I guess I get why they're mad, but... You know, it is what it is. These two seem to be pretty open to a rematch, so we'll we'll probably get this again. Oh yeah, yep, in in Detroit, in, in Kevin Lee's backyard. So, you know, we'll we'll see how that turns out. But I mean, either way, controversy aside, Lee looked good, man. He 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 definitely looked good, and that I I feel like I guess at this point in in that division, he's someone to. To keep an eye on, he, he's 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 moving himself up he the made ranks. Me a and... He made me a believer. Yeah, I'll I'll yeah I'll say that. I'll, I'll I'm not gonna say I'm on the Lee hype train, but I, I definitely have a lot more. You know, I'm 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 more willing to get, definitely give him a chance now. Like I, I maybe I'm starting to see the light, <laughs> maybe a, a little bit. But yeah, so how was the uh the Start. the main event? He, oh. he... He doesn't get he doesn't get a pass for his ugly ass shirts though. So. Oh yeah, that that press conference shirt. What that not even just a shirt. The whole out. Right, I'm gonna leave that alone. That outfit was terrible. But then he had like the bandana thing going. I don't know what that dude was wearing. He refused to button his shirt. <laughs> Fucking like straight out the Walmart Hawaii Hawaii section. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. Not even Target. <laughs> I was like the clearance rack, like the under four dollar clearance rack. I, I don't know, I don't know, but solid, solid win for him. Uh, this co-main event, oh boy, oh boy. All right, I, mighty... I, I, before, before we get to the fight, I want to go into a pre-fight tape where Tim Bowes, who obviously filmed this earlier in the week before weigh-ins. <laughs> Is on is like they're doing the, the pre fight hype roll, and um, Tim Bush is going like Johnny Hendricks is going to learn that um, he he's not made for what middle he's not a real middleweight he, he he's uh, he uh, he needs to be a little bigger. Uh. And Johnny Hendricks pr- proceeded to you know respond to that by missing weight by two pounds. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw Hendricks. And like I heard he missed weight, 
I remember when the fight started, and I looked at Hendrick's gut, and it just it reminded me of Harold from Hey Arnold, the guy who. <laughs> <laughs> and like at this point, man, like I, I can't. I have to joke at Hendrix now. Like at this point, it's just laughable. Like how many times are you gonna miss weight, dude? Like you go up a weight class and you still miss weight. Like at at this point, I have to make fun of you. Just. And, and you, I feel like you just kind of got it coming the way this fight just turned out. Like, you, you got what was coming to you. Mm-hmm. Bosch looked good, though, man. Like, he never he never stood still. A lot, a lot of movement. Uh, as, as you all know, Bosch is very friendly with throwing uppercuts. <laughs> so I saw a lot of those. Um, yeah, like the, he, the, was, the, he was better than Hendricks everywhere. Oh, yeah. But Hendricks didn't look terrible. Like, that's the thing. Like, in the fight-wise, like, technically, he didn't look terrible. Like, he had his moments where he was just, like, blasting um, Boach when he was against the fence. And, like, he was cornering him. He was landing. But, like, there were too many, like, 50-50 exchanges. And you're not supposed to have that with Tim Boach. You're supposed to beat Tim Boach up. And maybe he learned something that, like, changes the course of the fight. But, like, this fight was way too competitive for me to think that at any point Hendrix was going to walk away with the victory after 15 and minutes. Bosch teep kicked him like 30 times. <laughs> he had the teep uh, kick. True, just, yeah. yeah, that teep kick was just He's like, every oh, like he, five he seconds. He didn't make weight. He didn't make weight. Right. I him in the gut. <laughs> he repeatedly teep kicked this man. But yeah, that ending sequence. So yeah, he throws a head kick and stuns him. Right. Yeah, and then catches him, him gets him right against hand. I didn't even see the right hand. Like it was weird because like at the camera angle, I saw the head kick, and then it just looked like Johnny just took a knee. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah I didn't even know he caught a he caught a right hand for that. And then yeah, that uppercut, that that's like a god, like he, he yeah, palms it, it, your it, head. Yeah, that's something just... we don't see a lot in like I mean like. MMA, I think, because um, like there's just so much crossover with boxing training, where like you're not allowed to do that. You can't literally grab somebody's head and just uppercut the crap out of it. Right. If you could, that'd be a perfect move to do in the like, it, it, like dirty boxing. Like, you want that type of thing in MMA. Like you just is. you control the head and you blast it with the other hand. You have complete range of movement. So. Symbol is Yeah, man. And somebody, I can't remember which announcer. One of the announcers counted. I think it was six uppercuts in total. Yeah. <laughs> that he landed before it was over. I think that was Cruz. Yeah, that, that was, that was, yeah, that was vicious. Like, I don't even know what do you do. Like, somebody just grabs your head and just pushes your head down and just proceeds to viciously just, yeah, nothing to do but just kind of curl up and wait for the ref to save you. Man, but Bosch looked great, man. That that was a good, good performance. And Johnny Boy, I, I don't know, I don't know what you do from here. Retire. <laughs> like, he's another person whose career is just kind of like, it's kind of weird if you think about it. Like he has this fight with GSP where a lot of people felt that he won, and then he goes to. Uh, yeah, he ends up fighting Robbie two times, and you know, pretty sure one of those fights you could argue that he won, but he lost. 
you know. You, you should want both fights. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, and the thing is, we could see those were the two fights where we realized that there was something wrong with Johnny. Where in the first fight, like, he comes in and he tries to weigh in and he comes in overweight. And to make weight, he's like, that's the one where Nick Diaz is there and he's like calling him a fat ass. <laughs> As he's shaking on the scale because he's like, like they're telling him to calm down. He's like, I, I am, I'm trying because he's shaking so hard. I remember because I picked Lawler to win just because of that. And no, like he goes out and he manages to fight all five rounds and wins. But in the rematch, after like he's off for like eight months, he comes back and he's winning the fight pretty handedly. And then like all of a sudden, like he just shuts down. Like he just goes to wrestle despite the fact he's lighting up with Robbie Lawler and Lawler's not landing anything on him. And it's just like he gives up. Like phys- like physically he can't keep he can't keep striking with him. I mean, I think that's where we all should have realized that there was something wrong with him. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't. His downfall has been just weird to watch, and then he goes on to fight Gastelum and just Look, gets utterly destroyed. He he looks like uh, just like a a league below. <laughs> I don't know, man. This. Yeah, he's in a weird spot, man. He's in a really weird, just... I don't know. Yeah, he's, I mean, not gonna, I, he's not going to get cut. That's the thing. Like, the, He's too popular. Like, when he's on TV, he, like, he pops a rating. And, like, you heard that crowd. Like, they were way in favor of him. Yeah. Tricks. Way more than anybody else on this card. I don't know what they... I don't know what he does after this. this they heavyweight. The, <laughs> right at this point, just... Just keep going up. <laughs> Just keep going up and see what happens. I mean, why not? Yeah, it's 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 weird. It's it's weird, but great great win for Bosch. Uh, I guess we'll we'll see what happens though with Hendrix. Um, I guess kind of in the interest of time, I I don't want to spend too much time on it, but uh, we briefly mentioned it earlier. Felice Herrig and uh, Justine Kish. Uh, Herrig has been on a roll pretty much kind of lately. Dude, she is um, like four and one in the UFC. Yeah, man, she's she's like she got that I, I, she got that UFC feel, money and she started actually training like full time. I think. Yeah, I was gonna is. say she's she's gotten a lot better since like grappling, the first... striking, wrestling, like all of it. It's yeah, it's really like, good to see leaps like, and bounds. Yeah, like she but, here she out grappled Kish to um pretty one-handed one-sided decision like i don't know why one judge gave it like 29 27 i thought herrick went all three rounds pretty decidedly but i guess the the one noteworthy thing besides herrick's improvement is justine kish when she followed that submission that you were talking about earlier she shat herself oh yeah that did happen (laughs) so when so I didn't notice that somehow in real time. I didn't notice that at all. They cut and away then, like, from me really quick. Oh, okay. Cause I, I woke up the next day and I saw somebody post a picture, but like I don't know. I don't always believe things on the internet. I was like, this might be photoshopped or something. But then like I saw an article and I was like, oh, she really uh yeah 
Yeah, that really happened. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Shout out to yeah, her. On man. the bright side, on the bright side, she joins Yoel Romero and Sim Sylvia. <laughs> so she's in elite company. <laughs> Hold up, I remember the Sylvia one. I don't remember the Romero one. Uh, it was against Brunson, I think. Where you, you like, you just see like a big ass streak on his shorts, <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, he shot himself." Fires go before rough. the fight. Like you gotta go before the fight. Like don't go in the ring cage, whatever. Then you'll be like, unless you're really good, that's gonna be that's gonna stick with you for the rest of your life. I know. I wonder maybe if it's just like a a nerves thing. Like maybe it's just I don't know. You're so nervous and your bodily functions just kind of like I don't know. Well, I think with the Sylvia one though, I remember him saying that something was wrong with him before the fight. Like I think he had some kind of stomach thing, but he didn't want to pull out of the fight and mm-hmm. you know ended up dropping a load. But ugh, that's that's gotta suck. Shout out to whoever had to clean that up. <laughs> they did it right afterwards, too. Like, hey, right man, after the earn... fight. That's got to... Well, that was... Yeah, that's... Ugh. I don't know how you keep fighting after that. Like, I might just call myself out. Like, ugh. Props to her, man. Tough as nails. Just... Oof. I don't want to think about how that feels. That's really awkward and just like, <laughs> like I'm trying to picture like how do you react that somebody chokes you that hard that your your bodily your bowel movements just let loose? Like what are you even? What are your coaches thinking? Like what <laughs> what's what's going on in your head? Like you gotta realize you just did it. But I guess you just keep fighting. That's what she did. So. Oh man, but yeah, shout out, shout out to Felice Herrick, man. Did a lot, lot of improvement. Um, on to this next fight though, which ended in 29 seconds. And as I say every podcast, anybody at 205 who does anything good, <laughs> I, I, I root for. I'm happy for uh, Dominic Reyes. Savagely beat. Uh, Joe Kim Christensen in a very one-sided fight. <laughs> um, yeah, not not a lot to say other than he just he just beat on this man. Just um, I'm trying to remember the whole sequence. Uh, I think it was like a left hand or something that he fired. Yeah, and, like Christensen just crumbled. Yeah, just I think he, he caught him with a left initially. I think that stunned him. And then he had a, yeah he had him against the cage. He threw another one straight down the middle and just Christian just kind of just died on the spot and then uh, a little since, bit of ground and pound and yeah since we since we um don't have a lot to talk about with the fight let's talk about um Dominic Reyes for a quick second. This is the second man he's iced in less than a minute this month, the third this year. Like he fought LFA tw- uh, thirteen on June second. Got the call of the UFC and proceeded to knock out Christensen, who, by the way, had never been knocked out before in his um, career, though he had been stopped twice in the UFC before. Was the LFA one, was that the head kick? Yes. Ooh, yeah. If I can remember, I'll put a a link to that in the, the notes. That was 
probably one of the nastiest head kicks this whole year. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, man, this dude he has six he's got... first round finishes in his career, and he's only twenty seven years old, so he's still a baby. Yeah. So ho- hopefully we'll see see more of him. Like anybody in two hundred five that can can make some noise, the UFC needs. So. Yeah, man, I, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to seeing this this dude again. He works as an um, IT technical support for a high school, and now he's facing the UFC. Also, he was uh, he played football for the Sea Wolves of Stony Brook University. <laughs> I'm assuming in New York. Um, he was all-conference twice, and he wanted to play in the NFL. He could participate in the combine for three teams, the Washington Redskins, the Chargers, and the Raiders. They all expressed interest in him, but none of them drafted him, and that's the reason he f- decided to um to become an MMA fighter. Hey, man, it worked. <laughs> it worked, and that athleticism definitely carried over. So yeah, man. Shout out, shouts to him. I hope hope to see some 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 good things from from that dude. Um, I, I don't I ain't gonna spend too much time on the main Garcia fight. Uh, I thought it'd uh, be funner than it was. Garcia. Yeah. Garcia is like the atypical. Um, oh, means win won that fight by wins the fight by um UD by the way unanimous decision twenty nine twenty eight across the board. I thought he won all three rounds. Beside the point. Like um Garcia. Like he seems like such an atypical fighter to be fighting at like a uh, TriStar, because they're used to having like lanky dudes with long reaches and stuff like that, who can fire a jab and shoot a takedown from distance and stuff. Like Garcia is like just a brick house. He's like Hector Lombard or like a Lear Latifi. Like he should be a dude who should be pressuring guys and shooting for, like sh- shooting for power doubles and stuff like that. I think he's one of the, like my point being. I think he's one of the dudes who's kind of like impa- impaired by the TriStar style. Yeah, I mean he he had some moments, but yeah, just I guess just Dude, he was just swinging in the air for like ninety. Yeah, minutes, <laughs> he was throwing some just wild power shots. And, and Tim Means was just like picking him apart with everything. Yeah, but yeah, not not the best fight really from either of them. But I guess you know. Solid win for for Means. Uh, Means has to get his on, career back on track after Alex Oliveira just over overnight became like a grappling sensation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of getting life back together. Speaking of grappling uh, sensations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Everybody's favorite lightweight. Uh, BJ Penn, for whatever reason, is still fighting in 2K17. Because, uh, as Chael Sonnen so aptly put in his post-fight interview, at the post-fight press conference for Bellator 180, you're never done with fighting. You gotta wait until fighting's done with you. Yeah, well, I think think fighting's calling. Well, really, it's been calling for a long time. Uh, I mean, you say that, but BJ Penn still puts asses in seats, bro. Yeah, he does. And apparently gets paid pretty good to do it. <laughs> yeah. 150 Gs. Yeah, man, cleared 150 Gs to fight Dennis Seaver. Opening up the card. Um, you know what I want to be? I wanna... That surprised I wasn't surprised me. that they, 
that I they thought, opened it. I thought he would be like the third fight in the, from the top, like where Harry Kish yeah. was. Nah, I'm, I'm honestly not surprised. I, I think, I mean, I get it. The UFC is smart. They know regardless of Penn's status or where he's at in his career, he's going to move a needle. People are going to be interested to see if he can still do it. So why not just throw him out in the beginning, you know, kick the card off. See, I mean, best case scenario, let's say he would have won, like, after that second round knockdown. Then you kick your card off with a bang. But, yeah, you know, that didn't happen. Uh yeah, man, BJ. Um, to be slightly positive, <laughs> in the last like four BJ fights, this probably is the best he's looked. <laughs> I mean, mmm, mm. I, I, I mean, I mean, like, cause, no, uh, uh, like, let's look at the last four BJ fights. Um, Yaya Rodriguez, just absolute, just demolishing. Yeah. Frankie Edgar, demolishing, demol like not even demolishing. Like, he embarrassed himself by fighting like the way he did. Yeah. Um, and then Roy McDonald, terrible, got his face boxed and kicked <laughs> to death. So the last time, Nick, uh, the last time BJ Penn was in in a remotely competitive fight was in October of 2011 against Nick Diaz, where I think he took the first round, if I'm not mistaken. So this is the best BJ Penn since <laughs> in six years, and that is yeah. incredibly sad. Yeah. I mean, I can't even remember the first round. I feel like the first round, neither of them didn't. Uh, dude, Dennis Ebert was kicking the shit out of him. He was okay. I, I, yeah, he. I know because he, yeah, he he was bouncing around a whole lot. Like he wasn't, you know, keeping himself not a. No, easy he was, target he was also hit. countering the jab really well, like Seaver. Like uh, before the fight, I I, I um, I kind of tongue in cheek, um, said that uh, Dennis Seaver was going to leg kick BJ Penn into a TKO victory. Um, I almost got close. Because <laughs> hey, the, the kicks were there. Oh, definitely. dude, he got kicked the shit out of him. He also outboxed him for the majority of the fight too. Like, and his uh his patent spinning back kick. I, I think he landed that a couple. Yeah, he landed that at least once. He, he threw a couple of those in there. Dude, like for the for like major stretches of this fight, BJ Penn did literally nothing. Yeah. Like, he was so, just trying to, like, get away. Yeah, I was going to say, well, I'll, I'll highlight his second rounds because he, he had his one moment. He, right. he threw a jab, uppercut combo. Oh, yeah. And... He, he caught a beautiful uppercut while um, Seaver went for, like, this, like, the worst body kick he could probably throw. <laughs> like, I want to say it was, like, open guard. Uh, so, like, he was southpaw. BJ was right-handed. He threw it with his lead leg. It was literally going to land against nothing. So, and BJ cracks him with an uppercut. And the crowd just loses their minds because everybody thinks, oh, BJ's going to win a fight, 2K17. Nope. Doesn't happen. Uh, like, he just <laughs> he hits the ground there. and he just like, completely, like, stops fighting. Right. Yeah, like, he literally just, he just laid there. And then the third round... Was literally BJ just? I don't know what circling BJ was away doing. as Seaver continually kicked him in the leg, 
and made it like I, I'm. I, we're not. I'm trying not to oversell how badly BJ got his leg kicked, but like it was black and blue and red on both sides, and just like swollen. <laughs> yeah, that that third round was all abuse from Zebra. Like also complete yeah. abuse. Also, fuck the judge that gave it a twenty-eight, twenty-eight. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Yeah, like Seaver won like two. Seaver won thirteen of the fifteen minutes of this fight. <laughs> yeah, man. B- BJ just looked out of it that third round, and it was just. Yeah, I I, I don't want to see him in a cage again. I just I don't. I don't want to. Bellator don't even look at him. Just don't don't do it. We we need to let this man go. This is a. I mean, it, it, this is a fight BJ should have had like two to three years ago, right? Like, th- like he, it, he probably would still be like moderately good right now. Like, I'd say, <clears throat> I'm sorry, uh, like Vitor Belfort territory, where like, okay, he's not going to beat everybody enough. Every fight he's going to be in is going to be great, but like he'll he'll stop he'll still knock a few heads. You know what I mean? Like, right. instead they have him fight Frankie Edgar, Yair Rodriguez. And free and Rory McDonald, and it that probably shortened whatever he had left from his prime. Yeah. And then we, yeah, and we get this and this. I mean, he had his brief moment in the second, but yeah, other than that, it wasn't not a whole lot to to write about with, with his performance. And when, when was the last time Seaver fought? It's been two years. He was, um, God. It was two years because he got, um, in, like he got uh, Usada. Duh. It's been it's it was two years and five days because he tested positive. He got uh, for um, steroids or something. I can't remember what. Uh, I'd like to point out this fight um, was originally booked for UFC 199. Like they tried to get this. They tried to get this fight before they got him the. Um, the Yair Rodriguez fight, but it fell through. Oh boy, and man, that's he's had one of the hardest fall offs I've seen that I can think of in like recent memory. Of just like the fights just seem to get progressively worse and worse and worse. Well, up until this one, this one was a little better, but. Oh, I wanted to say something really quick because I got it wrong. Seaver was hurt. He didn't get. He didn't get popped. But, oh, so he was injured for two years. Uh, basically, or he was injured, or he got, or he popped, and then he got injured. I don't, I'm not hundred percent sure. But yeah, no, BJ. I don't want to say it was abrupt, but like, it became much because like this is still the dude who fought Jake uh, John Fitch to um a split a draw. You know what I mean? Right. But, like, at the same time, and he fought Nick Diaz tough. But, like, after that, uh, the long breaks in between his fights, the fact that he fought a guy who probably could be a decent-sized middleweight in Rory McDonald and got pounced by him, then tried to cut weight to featherweight for the first time against a guy who puts on so much, like, 
puts out so much pace in Frankie Edgar. And then trying to fight a young athletic dude in Yair Rodriguez. Like, there, there's there's nowhere, there's nowhere to go but down. Yeah. Ugh. And he definitely, uh, he, he went he, that rock bottom pretty much for all intents and purposes. I mean, <laughs> at, at this point, I feel like there's, there's nothing else to do but to just, just hang it up, man. Yeah. Like, like I'm curious. Just, like I want, I want to know how low can they go? How far down the UFC roster does the do they have to go for BJ Penn to get the win? I don't think you know what they're not going to be the ones to do it. No, they'll they'll let him walk out. Bellator will let him go low. I don't Bellator think so. is going to handle. I, I think as long as BJ wants to fight and he puts asses in seats, they will continually put him in the cage. <laughs> They will try their hardest to dissuade him from fighting, but he'll keep saying, I'm the new BJ, and he'll keep coming back. Unless he wants to leave, which is a possibility. But I'm not sure. Uh, Well, we'll see. But, yeah, I mean, I guess solid (laughs) receiver, I guess. Uh We'll we'll see what happens with BJ. We'll we'll see if maybe we'll get a retirement speech in this next week or so. But uh, I guess quickly to gloss over some of these other prelim fights. I didn't catch all of them, but uh, uh, Clay Guida uh, dominated Eric uh, Cook uh, or Coke for three rounds. Just, yeah, I don't really have much else to say. Just grappled the man to death and just kind of put it on him. Uh, Carla Sparza uh, beat Marina Morose. And a unanimous decision. It was, um, there was another. There was another fight I wanted to mention. Was it the? Uh, oh, right, go ahead. The Kimball. The uh, J- Jeremy Kimball and Josh Stansbury. So I think this is the very first fight <laughs> on the card. Yes. So Kimball wins with like a. Uh, remember? Uh, oh God, what fight was that? What was uh, uh, Dominic Steele's last fight? Oh, I know what you're talking about. When the, the the one moment where he did like the like the Donkey Kong like Yeah. Yeah, so Kimball did that but with oh, one hand. Bambose? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, not still, yeah. Bam- yeah, yeah. Bambose, yeah. So yeah, that um that like downward like Donkey Kong strike. So Kimball did that and landed it with one hand. And ended up getting a TKO from it. Like he dropped him with with that, and then followed up with I think ground and pound. So well, that that was uh. It was really funny because they were mentioning about how Stansbury was like training at the UFC new facility, and he had all these new coaches and all this nutritionist. And he's like, oh, I finally put on this muscle. I'm not, I'm not walking around with the gut. And here comes Jeremy Kimball with his gut. Who? The other sequence is him popping him with a right hand. Stansbury covering up, like ducking and covering up with both arms, like high guard. Kimball proceeds to pivot out to his right and just drop a hammer fist, like right between like the crook of his shoulder and his fist, where his high guard is, and just knocks him out cold. It was glorious. It was like <laughs> that was that was an awesome KO, like. That that's the kind of move you don't you don't land that often. That that's like a once in a lifetime. You're not gonna land that again. But 
I remember yeah, that that was once upon a time somebody was very angry at me on Twitter because I said Josh Stansberry wasn't a good prospect. <laughs> and now you know why. Oh man. TKO via Donkey Kong sweat. Just <laughs> Yeah. Uh oh no, the other fight I wanted to mention, uh Tony Martin and Johnny Case. That was a pretty good uh Oh yeah, that was a good scrap. Yeah, that was a pretty good uh pretty good prelim scrap. That was definitely Oh. Uh Jared, Flash Gordon and Michael or oh, I'm gonna butcher this guy's name. Michael Quinones. Quinones, yeah. So Flash was from was he from one of those Dana White shows? I he think? was from looking for a fight. Yeah. Yeah, he comes in the UFC, looks looks pretty good. Looks uh comes in and handles business. He looks like a legit prospect who's had time to be on the on the seat on the regional scene before they just shove him on the show. Like they did with Randy Brown and Nate Marquardt, uh, not Nate Marquardt, uh, freaking Randy Brown, um, Devin Clark, and our and our patron saint Sage Northcutt, who was fighting. Uh, no, that fights off. John oh, McDessie. Oh wait, I forgot they got McDessie in there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe uh, story for another day. Whatever. Poor uh, Sage. Quick side note. Did you did you see his sister's fight? Oh yeah, she got. Did it. I say it? Oh my god, I feel I forgot that he was doing commentary. Yeah, man, that was that was. No, I felt bad for him. No, like, he, he he handled it pretty well. He did. He handled it very well. He handled that. I'm, I'm really starting to believe well. he has no emotions. <laughs> like, Everything's just super. Oh man, yeah. For people who don't know, so his sister Kobe fought um on the last LFA card, which I think was uh, last weekend, and uh yeah, she 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 looked decent in the stand up, but once she got taken down, it was just kind of like kind of Yeah, she kind of just <laughs> didn't didn't really have much to offer, and poor Sage is is commentating, watching his sister. Yeah, just kind of get beat up, but props to him, man. He he handled that very, 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 very well. He hold, but... he handled like a cold, emotionless machine. <laughs> <laughs> man, that that's gotta suck. Just, but yeah, that's quick side note. I don't want to spend, <laughs> spend too much time making fun of Sage, but that that that's oh, also, gotta suck. Also, shouts to Tony Martin, who because uh, like. This fight against Johnny Case is an instance where if Johnny Case had fought any version of Tony Martin before this fight, he probably would have beat the shit out of him. Like the Tony Martin that fought life and death for like Felipe Oliveri uh, or um, that got submitted by uh, Leonardo, Leonardo Santos. Like that version of him probably loses. You know what I mean? Because like he had never shown this level of technical prowess on the feet. He never showed that he could go three rounds. Um, he's never shown that like he understands like head positioning and footwork and how to pressure effectively without going ham, uh, and like all that like re- just really good improvements. You know what I mean? I was gonna say he he put it on him. Yeah, like it was. Do he kept he it? Definitely kept it really simple too. Just jabs and counter right hands. Yeah, it, he he definitely definitely looked good. Um. Overall, yeah, this was a pretty good, you know, pretty pretty good card. A little little controversy in the in the main event, but 
this is a pretty pretty solid card, a good mix. Of... An okay end to an other like. This was literally a nothing month for the UFC, like the month of June. Like, it started off with uh, God, what did it start off with? It started off with uh, Holloway Aldo. By the way, was which was really the only like fight that people cared about on that card besides like the Morace fight. Then after that, it was Hunt Lewis and an undercard of like Journeyman. Then it was like Home Carrera, or Correa, and then this card. Like not a lot. Like besides the Aldo, um, besides the Aldo fight, the Aldo Holloway fight, not much of consequence happened this much this month yeah like RDA moved to welterweight and be the guy who most people thought he was gonna be Holly Holm finally got another win because she stopped fighting freaking strikers or, or I should say more experienced kickboxers than herself and then um I don't know like I guess Ben Wynn destroying Tim Elliott is what knows newsworthy but like not a lot happened this month well, we got next month coming up. I uh, did next a lot. Next two cards, yeah. next three cards, because freaking um, two fourteen is next month too. Yeah, this J- July is gonna be a busy, and then somehow we're gonna figure out a podcast schedule because there's a stretch of like five cards in like four days or something crazy like that. So, but yeah, next month there are no shortage of the fights and just probably nice violence to to talk about. Uh yeah, going on next month, and then we got Pacquiao uh, this Saturday. But now ESPN, a lot going on. ESPN, that's important. Yeah. No pay per view. Yeah, no more on ESPN. Bit of news we uh from before. Um, top rank. Uh, Pacquiao's promoter signed a 18 fight card deal with ESPN. I want, or, or, or at least they have the next. I think it's 18 or 25 cards. That they're going to do on ESPN, and they're going to feature Top Rank's best boxers, including um, Manny Pacquiao, Terence Crawford, Vasil Lomachenko, uh, Ch- Felix Verdejo. I'm, I'm pretty sure is going to be on there. Uh, Gilberto Ramirez, I think, is signed with them still. Uh, like the point being. We're going to have a lot of, like, actual, legit, high-skill boxing on ESPN and not, like, the leftovers of whatever, um, now that PBC is out the, out the way. So, that's going to be really fun. Like, Manny Pacquiao ESPN is really fun to me. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That I won't have to, you know, don't got to shell about money, don't got to scramble for a link. It reputation, too. Like, it, like yeah. if he kept going the um, the um, pay-per-view route, people are going to probably pressure him to fight Terrence Crawford, a fight where he probably gets his ass handed to him, <laughs> to be honest. Um, and, like, this way, he's just like, oh, he's fighting on free TV, like, for, like, first time in 12 years. And now, like, a lot of that pressure is probably going to be off him. You know what I mean? Um, it's not a bad card, like, uh... Jerwin Akaha, uh, God, I suck at Filipino names. Jer, uh, Jerwin Akahas, uh, 
Filipino title holder, IBF World Superweight uh, Super Flyweight Champion. Gonna be defending his title against uh, Teru Kinoshida. Um, Michael Conlon, Irish Olympian who got cheated out of a medal. Um, he's going to be on the car. He's a big deal in Ireland. Um, he walked out. He made his debut at MSG and walked out with Conor McGregor. Hmm. Shane Mosley Jr. is going to be on the card. Um, Umar uh, Sulamov. Um, if you're like a didn't know, didn't know his son boxed. <laughs> Mosley really Jr. Out of loop. Yeah. Yeah. I don't th- he's he not good? very good, but like, uh, like, yeah. He's an okay prospect, I guess. Like, ah, uh, well, boxing's weird. I, uh, I, <laughs> it's super weird. Like, trying to figure out who's good, who's not. Uh, Umar Salamov is fighting. Sumar, Umar Salamov. Guys, suck at names. Um, but, like, it, it's a really good card, and it's going to be fun. Top to bottom, so you got, everybody should check it out. And so it's the only thing on this weekend, so. All right, and it's on ESPN, so like, why not just? Well, that and one FC, but no one watches one FC. Because it comes on at three in the morning. <laughs> well, it comes on like but... eight, and like people have to work, so. Yeah, yeah, I never. Oh I never my get god, we them. fucked up. We fucked up. We fucked up. What? What happened? You know what else happened? You know what else debuts this Friday? What? Professional Fighters League. Oh. <laughs> John Fish, Brian Foster, Smilio Rama, Ronnie Marks. Let's go. <laughs> PFL in the building. Definitely not. Getting those. Get, <laughs> get, getting those those uh, monthly paychecks or whatever, <laughs> whatever that agreement was that we read some time ago. Everybody gets salary, bro. Hey, man. Get that money. I like how they ch- that money. I like how they changed the name of the organization, but John Fitch still has a WSOF title. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep an eye out on that. That's, that should be. Oh, they changed it on Sure Dog. Oh. They actually do have PFL. <laughs> uh, they do have PFL. If you would have said that, I would not have known that that, that was going you see? on. You see? This is why I'm here. <laughs> to, remind, to remind you all that the clusterfucks never end. Oh man, but we are rolling on about two hours almost, so uh, I guess we will do our uh, nice parting shots and shoutouts. Uh, I only had one really I could think of. Um, I'll give a parting shot and shout out to Bellator for signing uh, Logan Storley. Um, I watched Logan in, I want to say RFA, I think he was in RFA. Yes. Um, I think he fought in LFA too, but I never saw his LFA fight. But uh, anywho, anywho, um, yeah, I watched him in RFA. Uh, his kid's wrestling is is nasty, and his ground and pound is pretty nasty. Um, pretty good pickup for for Bellator once again. You know, they they do a a decent job. You know, of signing prospects and you know grabbing people with really good credentials and. Well, they, I'm pretty sure they can't make the same mistake with Pico, being that he's fought, you know, five times before. No, yeah, five times already, and he's still undefeated. So, but yeah, man, he he's a definitely somebody to keep an eye on, uh, just to get a, a quick idea of his fights. Um, he he's very very good at wrestling, but I like that like he's not like a lay in prey, 
Like, if he gets you on the ground, he's going to beat on you. <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be painful. So, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed watching what I've seen from him so far. So I'm really interested to see what... Uh, what he'll do in Bellator. So that is uh that'll be my one uh my one shout out. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I guess I'm trying to think because I feel like I did have a shout out, but like uh, I might forget. Um, I don't know. Shout out to um. Oh, Robert Easter. Was fighting this Friday, I want to say, against Dennis Shafikov. That's a really big, not big as in like media attention, but like big as in like important for like the uh, the division. Um, Robert Easter is one of the better young Americans. You know, I'll say he's one of the best young American boxers we have going right now. Um, outside of welterweight. Um, his fight with Richard Comey is one of the best fights from 2016. I think it was in 2016. Could be wrong. Yeah, 2015 or 2016. It was one of the best fights of the year. And, um, it was 2016. And, um, he, he dude deserves, like, a whole lot more press. Like, he's really fun to watch. He hits hard. Like, decent, like, uh, knockout percentage. He's, like, 14 for 19 on knockouts. So, shouts to him. And, um, I don't know. Shout out to No Name. <laughs> because I find on Spotify, I'm finally listening to um, Telephone. Telephone? Yes. Like, I, I mean, I listened to it like a million times before, but like SoundCloud always made it hard because it was like always doing the uh, the advertisements in between yeah. each song. So. I, I need to go back and give that tape a full listen because like I, she's, like I like some of her songs, but like, I think she's a really good writer, but like the whole spoken word kind of delivery, just it doesn't do it for me all the time. But I do like the song Diddy Bop on there with her and uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Her and Rory and some other guy singing the hook. But she's actually making a lot of a lot of waves now. Like yeah. I, I see her a lot more now. Yeah, that really that tape kind of blew her up. Yeah, man, uh, dude, it was a dope tape. Yeah, so yeah, I, I gotta give that a more listen. Like every time I listen to that tape, like I listen to Diddy Bop and I listen to like the song after that, and then I, I kind of skip to something else because my attention span is terrible. But <laughs> no, nah, she's she's dope though. Yeah, she's she's really dope. So yeah, that that's, that's definitely a, a a good shout out. Um. So yeah, we we ran about two hours and <laughs> five minutes. We covered a lot of ground, though. We cut. We covered a lot of ground. We we definitely made up for the last, uh, you know, little stretch where we uh, didn't cover the the batch card, so on and so forth. So you guys got a lot of a lot of a lot of content this week. Um, as far as upcoming episodes, uh, like I said, we will definitely be covering Connor and Floyd uh, probably <coughs> sometime early next week. Uh, we'll probably cover that and the Pacquiao fight on the same episode, so that'll be coming out. Um, I'm also trying to work out a, a review episode for season two of Attack on Titan, and I'm gonna do another album review episode. I just need to find maybe about two more albums to listen to, uh, to try to do like three albums an episode, but. Either way, content's always coming, as always, like the Facebook page. 
Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei. The Facebook page, just type in Dojo Talk Podcast and hit the like button, tell a friend, all that good stuff. So, yeah. This has been another episode of the Dojo Talk Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, until next time, we will catch you guys later. Peace.